Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And we are beginning our month of covers again. <laughs> it seems like the end of their catalog is all covers for some reason. Why? <laughs> Why? And guess what, Aaron? Uh, guess what, Tracy? Aaron. He's what? Right here. <laughs> it's just the two of us. In this BNL podcast, just the two of us. I wrote that on the way home from the tap room in the well, car. That was from, good. It was only a mile drive. I thought it was pretty impressive. That is better than I could. <laughs> <laughs> so, wishing well. Yes. Yeah, so, tonight we're going to discuss the 1987 hit Wishing By Well. Terrence, the great Terrence Trent Darby, I might so, add. Well, not just by him. He also is co-written by Sean Oliver as well. Oh, who cares about them? <laughs> I mean, no offense. If you exist, um, please come on the show. We love your work. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. One, if he's still alive, or two, if it's a, a non-deplume or something, because I could find nothing about him online anywhere. So No. It was all about Terrence Trent Darby, because he had the hair. Remember? Like, yes. he had the hair. And and he was pretty big for a while. I mean, oh, he's been, yeah. he was covered by George Michael. He was covered by Daryl Hall. I mean, is he is he still alive? Yeah. So I I have a whole I have oh, a good, whole bunch of stuff about him. Unlike in many previous episodes, listeners, I have often very well prepared for this, like super prepared. In this case, I am not as prepared as I normally am. So. The more I listened to him, because I got to admit, back when he came out in 87, um, I was only 12. I I really, he wasn't in my wheelhouse. I liked it okay, but this wasn't a song where I was like, oh my gosh, I got to know more about this guy. Same. I was 13, so I was so much older and wiser, and yet, because <laughs> girls, you know, at that age are way oh. better than boys. Oh, yeah. Um, a couple years older, even. I know. We were like... We were so much more mature. <laughs> but even so, I was, I think, in my early milling of the nilly phase at that point. That did not work out so well. Should have no. gone with Terrence. Yeah. And, you know, wait, was he? No, he wasn't. No, that was Eddie something. I was like, oh, was he? A, no, that was, um, who did Electric Avenue? Oh, um, Eddie Grant. Eddie Grant, right. That's my favorite. <laughs> I do like Electric Avenue. Because we're going to rock on to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Higher. Oh, <laughs> we got it But Terrence Trent Darby, def yeah. definitely. So, as I was listening to him this week, like I got this like Curtis Mayfield, Sam Cooke, um, James Brown kind of mixture with him. Oh, absolutely. He's got a definitely James Brown touch to it. Um, but it and it was a very interesting song for the late 80s. Um, yes. The Wishing Well was kind of low key. It was very laid back. It was, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I'm trying well, the to. Early, 
the late 80s were very much kind of still doing that wall of sound and this was not that this was no. very simplified music and it was yeah, just coming it was just coming out of that techno era that electro era and i mean it, it kind of mixes that in there along with some some soul and funk but yeah just very different very different i mean granted we like to get the funk out but <laughs> i'm full of it tonight just to cover for my inadequacy as a musician <laughs> <laughs> um i mean so i mean we'll go over him we, we can go over him a little bit right now i guess um he was born in manhattan um originally he was born terence trent howard in 1962 and his mother was a gospel singer a teacher and a counselor and then she remarried and that's where he got his new surname surname uh as she married the pentecostal uh bishop james darby and he became interested in music around the age five and the way he tells it he was performing in church when an elderly lady came up to him after church and buried him in her large bosom while giving him a hug and gave him a quarter. And That's thought, harassment. <laughs> she could go to jail today for that. She, and she could. Um, and he thought, if this is the kind of attention I get and make money because of music, then music is what I want to do. Those are his words. It gets you the chicks from church. <laughs> and it's funny because his mom... His mom let him listen to gospel, but only the older gospel, not newer gospel music, because that was too far. Well, the, honestly, the, the newer gospel slash Christian rock of the mid late 80s or the mid 80s, early 80s was a lot different than your traditional gospel stuff. But that's interesting because like Whitney Houston was also raised on that traditional gospel Yep, and <laughs> look where she went. Um, yeah, maybe we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, so anyway, R.I.P. Whitney, I will always love you. Uh, um, he was a boxer, and he received the lightweight Golden Gloves in Florida in 1980. Whoa, you know so much stuff this week. I searched a lot. Um. <laughs> He was offered to box for the army, but he turned it down to go to college. But after Whoa, studying, you often hear it go the opposite direction. Exactly. But then a year after he started studying journalism, he quit because he was so bored and joined the army. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then while he was in West Germany, he was court-martialed and dishonorably discharged for being absent without leave. Oh, he went AWOL. He did. Why? Um, because he decided that it was too boring, and he decided <laughs> to join a band and record a, a an album as the leader of the band The Touch. Wait, are you sure that he wasn't a millennial? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he jumps around a lot. Well, I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. But you didn't even start yet. Yeah, but I'm bored. So I'm going to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't working for me. This isn't working for my my chi. 
Um, so he started his career under the name Terrence Trent Darby. His debut album was the one that Wishing Well was on, which is introducing the hard line, according to Trent's, Terrence Trent Darby. And the album included four singles, all of which did very well. Um, if You Let Me Stay, sign. <sighs> Yeah, that one, I, like, I forgot how big these were. Like, they were rec- oh, yeah. played a lot. Um, Dance Little Sister. Mm-hmm. Sign Your Name. Sign Your Name Across My Heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Would you be my baby? And then this one, Wishing Well, they hit number one on both he the He was like singles. the Shaw Day of men. Yes, exactly. I just came up with that. I think I'm right. <laughs> that works. That works perfectly, actually. Isn't it like he was kind of like the male version of Sade? Yeah. Like those songs that you're like, oh my God, yes. So immediately, head. he made a huge mistake, though. <laughs> oh, what did he do? Did he go on a three state killing spree? No. So he said in an interview that he considered himself a genius. Oh, and, it's kind of like when um, when John Lennon said he was Jesus. Well, let me take that further, because then <gasps> he said that his album was better than Sgt. Pepper. Oh, psh, loser. And the Americans and the English did not like that very much. You think? <laughs> you do not diss the Beatles. No. Um, and then he back, later on, he, he backed himself up in an li- interview, and he said, I said a lot of outrageous things while I was in England. Um, he said he believed what he said, but he also was exaggerating to make a point. He's like, you have to hit people over the head to make a point, And I did it. I know how to play the game. Um, well, or he hit them over the head with a sledgehammer. Well, that's the, yeah. And I mean, to his credit, John Lennon made the statement about me being more popular than Jesus the year that he released Sergeant Pepper. True. And same reaction. Right. But the problem is the Beatles already had a name for themselves at that point and could recover from that pretty. And, you know, they, they were huge by that point when he said that they could recover. He Like he said this after his first album. Yeah. You don't, that's putting the cart before the horse really. Yeah. Yeah, he, he overdid um, it. That's his own hubris, because where is Terrence Trent Darby now? And well, where are the Beatles now? Oh, they just released another album. Exactly. Another single. Not great, but that's for another day. I don't know. I, I liked it, but. <laughs> I think it's okay, but it's still, it's weird and creepy to me. But that's a different story. Um. So his next three albums did increase, are decreasingly worse. Um, I've listened to them and I understand why. So here's the thing. I don't know if you've listened to his albums afterwards. No. Um, I did a really deep dive this week. I was like, I had a little bit extra time because we pushed off recording a week and I was like, okay, well, this gives me a chance to really dive in. And the albums are extremely experimental. Um, nobody likes that. If you've seen spinal tap, you know, you don't go weird and experimental. Especially on your second album, which no, not on your second album. No, I mean second albums never do well to begin with. 
No, because um, there's so much energy. If a, if the first single or the first album does well, you have to maintain that. And so the audience needs to be pulled back in with something that is similar yet new. And so it can further connect you with the artist. Like if Bare Naked Ladies had not done, uh, wait, was it Bopes or maybe at, that came after Gordon? Maybe you should drive King's second, I believe. Second, right. And I always get the mix my up. favorite album. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting a little different now. But like that was still the same band. Like you could tell it had their markers. But yes. if you go all experimental, then they're like, mm, no, we can't get on board. So I'm going to pull this up real quick. I'm just trying to find it. He does have a very massive catalog. Um, so don't I. <laughs> Sorry. This is the start of his second album. Neither fish nor flesh. Will... Oh, right there. That's. Who is Samanda Matreya? I will get to that. Oh, I'm going to learn so much from you tonight, which is unusual. And oh my gosh, while well, you're looking for this, so the whole, uh, what is it called? The wrapped. So I got my wrapped report from this last year of, you know, what you listen to and how long. And Bare Naked Ladies gives you a personal video message because I, they were my top listen. And they were like at the very end of the wrapped video that spotify sends to you or that you pull up it's like thank you tyler like the the guys all talk to you and and about how appreciative they are that you are a fan and blah 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 very cool that is really neat i know so if you are if you checked your wrapped on spotify and bnl is in your top list they're gonna say something to you now this isn't a trick this is the beginning of the album. First 10 seconds of silence. Then you would think it was not working. So, so I'm not a bro. To this, I am resigned. But, but to an outside, to an outside world, world will not be defined. I will not be defined. Cause I'm neither fish. Cause I'm neither fish nor flesh. Nor flesh. So that's what he starts the album with. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna say one thing. Well, one thing, three words. Crack is whack, y'all. <laughs> I mean, um, it's kind of like, it reminds me of a college um, performing, like a performance art piece or something. It does. I, I get wanting to do what you want to do at this point, but your first album wasn't that big. No. You have just lost half of your audience at this point. Yeah, they, they've already been like, why did I buy this album? And then it goes to this. Desolate time, a roar down the road of a rumbling 
like a very different taste. He went down a completely different path. Weird. And then he goes to this. Oh, no, no. Like he, what? And then, like, as you go further into this album, you get really, really different tastes. Like. <laughs> You have. I, I get that he doesn't want to get defined, and he said, "Like I don't want to be put into boxes. I don't want to be defined. Defined. I'm neither fish nor flesh. I. You've yeah, lost your audience. <laughs> you done messed up, Aaron. Um, <laughs> you done messed up, Terrence. <laughs> and there are some really, really great pieces in there that are amazing. But I mean, if you think of it, like think if the Beatles had followed up the, followed up their first album with Abbey Road, like you you can't do that. No, no. I mean, but the artist, the artist, did, is, what did he explain why he made such a huge diverging path? Like how he diverged so much from what he had done before. I mean, it wasn't that much of... If you listen to the first album, it doesn't diverge that much. It's just, there's a lot more of the sign-your-name-wishing-well type sound on that first album with these experimental pieces kind of put in. And the first album is really good. I actually really like it. The second album, there are some shining pieces in there that I love that are i mean again think curtis mayfield think think sam cook this guy oh. has an amazing voice holy cow absolutely a great voice but a great voice doesn't help you if you again if you go so outside the box that nobody can like yeah continue to connect you to the music that they were like looking to hear then you're in trouble yeah and and like is the, that hubris did he just think that well i am an artist therefore i mean yeah he he liked what he liked and he wanted to make what he wanted to make and yeah and you do you you go glenn coco <laughs> but good for you glenn coco but at the same time then you have to understand the consequences of that yeah. Which and means it, not everybody's going to get it or like it. And therefore. And this, so this is much more up my alley. This is more what I like. And this is what you find in a lot more of his later stuff. Sweetheart, listen. I know the last few things haven't been good for the both of us. And I've caused you a lot of grief. But put those bags down, okay? 
amazing i remember song. that song i totally remember that song yeah. um, and then so there's one that he does called some sake in osaka which is his live one of his live albums in 2020 this is his remake of wishing well um which he did he, he obviously it's live so he's gonna do it differently he doesn't have the same instruments i really love this this cover well not cover but him <laughs> Like a bandit still in time underneath the circle Valentine's to my sweet love around me slowly. Like there is funk and soul in there. Oh yeah, that absolutely is pretty sweet. And this album is amazing. His song Castilian Blue. Oh, closer. sound you're absolutely right he had a great voice and a great sound what happened like when so <laughs> yeah his his three albums tanked and after three set albums tanking in a row and people not really liking them um once again you went way too experimental terrence um he changed his name in 2001 to San sananda francisco Matreya. Did he pull a Cad Stevens? Sort of, yeah. He explained that he felt, his words, Terrence Trent Darby was dead. He watched his suffering as he died a noble death. After intense pain, I meditated for a new spirit, a new will, a new identity. And he said the new name change resulted from a series of dreams that he had. And it doesn't have religious significance. It's just a rebirth. And that's what Maitreya means in Sanskrit is rebirth. And Sananda in Sanskrit means possessed of happiness. Okay, but after how many albums did he change his name? After four albums. 
So then if his first album was good, but his second album was crap, and then the other albums did not do so well, do you think the best thing to do is change your name so nobody knows who you are? I mean... Actually, I've... maybe, because then you're like, oh, there's this new artist, Samara Haranodon, and we should totally check them out. Yeah, and, and like, he lives in Italy now. He's He got married. Um, He does tours in Italy constantly. So we should talk about why this is important to BNL. So anyway, he was on tour in uh, in Europe when or in uh, uh, Ireland in Italy when you were getting married. Yeah, and your paths never crossed. No, it's really sad. Oh, sad. Because um, I would love to talk to him because he's like he has a, his newest album has just two tracks and they're all it's like a piano concerto and it's just like he is this amazing artist so it's sad then that well maybe it's not like maybe he's what's his like worth like i don't know but it still seems kind of sad that like maybe he could have become bigger Mm -hmm. i think he could have had he not got if he had had people in his life that had told him how to direct his music in a good way and he had listened to them then he probably could have been very famous and and it's weird that again in the late 80s was not the time to go experimental especially (laughs) when you were in the wave of mtv at its finest at that point and in my opinion (laughs) it was the best in the late 80s and early 90s and then it went downhill uh so but that it was all about image and sound and Mm -hmm. package and he had the sound and he had the image pretty cool looking dude and but then when you go so far from what the 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 uh, what's what's the word i'm looking for uh, what everybody is expecting at that yeah. point, like from the mainstream, if you're so far mm-hmm. outside the mainstream, then you're not going to get your audience. So I think he moved too soon. Like if he'd have done that in the two thousands, people yeah. would have been like, Whoa, this is so different. It was kind of like, remember when Billy Joel came out with the, the album of classical music, when he composed uh-huh. the classical piano and it's wonderful and yeah. lovely. And, but not it still wasn't as well received no it wasn't uh, what people were listening it's for it's not because it came out like after like river of life and like that huge album and it's like wait where's the billy joel that we we are used to this is classical billy joel what does that even mean yeah it, it is you have a little snippet for our audience of the bare naked ladies cover version of this i do i do oh we should talk about the b and l version yes since this is a bare naked ladies podcast (laughs) so this was on the buck naked tracks um it was on all of the different versions of buck naked and we'll get into more about why this is a seminal song for bnl but first let me play a quick snippet of bnl's version of this kissing like a bandit stealing time Valentine's to my sweet love. 
I mean, you can tell that they're they're taking piss out of the song. What you're talking about here is folks with a Casio keyboard and too much time <laughs> on their hands. Yes. So you preset the Casio keyboard to play the chords and you just mm -hmm. hit one finger and it plays the chord progression. Uh -huh. and, and then you all you have to do is play the bum 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 ba da da ba da dum bum ba da da and that's pretty much it. It was I mean they pointed out that it's like really screwing hard. around when you're in high school with the keys Casio keyboard and your little cassette tape recorder. I mean they had five songs on their on Buck Naked and the first edition of it. This was one of them, <laughs> but it was not them trying to do serious at that point. Um, it was them trying to just have fun and put a tape out at the end of a concert for people to listen to more of their stuff after they've listened to them. Right. Which is totally fine. Like people, but it's, I'm not still not, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. But without this song, BNL as we know it does not exist. Wait, okay, well, why? So this song is super important. It was it was most likely one of the few songs that Steven and Ed played during that first concert that they played together because it was one of the first covers that they knew really, really well. Um and it was popular at that time. I mean, this was a year after this song had come out. It was still on the charts. The picture of the first edition of Buck Naked was actually Stephen and Ed's faces pasted on top of Terrence Trent Darby's body. <laughs> okay, that that's a brilliant move. Um, but the most important thing... Not gonna lie. <laughs> the most important thing about this song is that this is the song that impressed Sean Cullen of Corky and the Juice Pigs. And he said, my favorite thing on Buck Naked was a version of Terrence Trent Darby's Wishing Well that they'd done with a cheap little Casio keyboard. And it impressed him enough that he asked them to be their opening act on the tour of Canada. And that became their first tour. Shut the front door. So without this song, BNL does not tour Canada, doesn't start building their audience, doesn't build a relationship with Sean Cullen that comes back to benefit them later. They may not have met the Creakin Brothers because that happened while they were on break during this tour. BNL may not exist. Whoa. I don't know what to do with that information, really. So is this like the best song in their catalog? No, but it is fundamental. No. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's because they're having like... so much fun with it. I mean, Corky and the Juice Pigs are are joke. They're they're a comedy troupe that does songs, and they wanted someone coming on before them that does songs that are funny to funny. get them going. Okay. And like they could tell, these guys are serious singers. However, they also don't mind having fun on stage. They're going to liven up our audience and get them to come in and be in a great hmm. mood before we come out. And there is a lot of laughing and silliness on this song. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, there's the Sugar Bells line. <laughs> right. 
where they have to bring out the sugar bells and bring them. <laughs> and oh, say okay. So now I can totally appreciate the the funny, remarkable landmark piece of a song it was for the band but at the same time i mean wait wasn't was lovers on buck naked no lovers was not done officially it was never released shut up really until I, disc one i really because i feel like i've known that song forever so because that I was have. their first like, video I burned it off from like Napster or one of those places way back in the day. Because it was released um, on disc one. What was the orange one? <laughs> I remember it was orange. Napster. No, what? No, there was another one. There was Napster, and there was there were a couple, and yeah. I used Napster most of the time. But then I used Lime. Oh, LimeWire was another yeah. one. Um, but I had all of those old, old tracks because that was like, you could find anything. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember having it from like, God, it had to be like 95, 96, maybe. Um, it was never officially released as a single uh, or anything like, well, actually, wait, let me, let me correct that. Which is a shame if it wasn't because it's probably their one of their best covers ever i'm double checking that because i want to was it on naked lunch it wasn't no they never and it wasn't on the yellow tape mm -mm. I, I thought it was well oh man trying to... it must be late i'm sorry for deep fans you know what a deep deep fan I oh am, there are people yelling at us right now i'm sure Oh, there are, and it's late. It's been a long day, so fight <laughs> me. Okay, they released it as their debut single, but it was never released okay. on any albums until disc one. Oh, okay. So it was released as a single, yeah. though. Okay. All yeah. right. It was the okay. first time that they hit the top 40 in Canada. But it's interesting that this was the one that Corky and the Juice Picks, who I, I loved Corky and the Juice Picks. Oh, yeah. I still sometimes are like yell out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> you fat bastard <laughs> um and i love pandas must die so much oh pandas is amazing um, eskimos pandas is eskimo <laughs> is is brilliant they would probably be canceled today yes. for eskimo yes. and yet i don't care because i think if you can hear us corky and the juice pigs i am a big fan um, son colin please I, come on the show Please come on the show because I, I can't even describe my love for some of your lyrics and your banter and your fun um, and for bringing bare naked ladies into the fold. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sean Cullen was. So... I wish I would. I, are they still doing anything? No. Are they still. Sean, you know, Sean still does it, but not, the other ones don't really do much. I'd love to see a reunion tour with Corky and the Juice Pigs and BNL. Um, so, Sean, if you're listening, Ships and Dips Seven, we would love for you to come up and talk to us and definitely get back, like take back, like the 30 years ago, <laughs> you know, feel. Yeah. And I would love to hear 
<laughs> like Eskimo pandas. Um, oh my gosh, Pants. there's a laundry list. <laughs> Pants. Yes. Um, but I'm the only gay Eskimo. Oh, oh. <laughs> the, uh, if you, if our listeners are have not found the wonder of Corky and the oh. Juice Pigs, I highly suggest, highly suggest starting with pandas. But not if you're going to be offended. Well, and and the great thing about that, like, Kevin is on pants. Yeah. The cross-pollination oh. of his, I mean, you think about all of the, especially with Kevin, my Lanta, that's why he's my favorite. No, I love you, Ed. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Jim. I love you, too. And Tyler, oh, of course you're my favorite. But... And Stephen never forgotten, but um, the cross pollination of Kevin in so many bands and entities just shows the sheer talent. Let's we don't even have to talk about Lou Reed, yeah. but all of the incredible cross pollination between even Jim, Jim and Andy, <clears throat> like crazy stuff. And nobody talks about Ed and Chris like. Ed's collaboration with an astronaut, mm-hmm. like that we we should, like it's crazy, crazy time. Yeah. The the number of uh, threads that weave out from BNL so to other threads. Canadian musicians is astounding. Hmm. Anne Murray and Sarah McLaughlin, like the list goes on and on and on. There's no question. But when it comes to Terrence Trent Darby, <laughs> yeah, um, I I'm still I don't think that Terrence would really like this version no i wonder has there does he know that they're that they did a cover i don't know i don't think he would be enjoy it because he takes his music so seriously bnl would be on his radar (laughs) probably not (laughs) but i think he'd be pissed (laughs) he's just so serious Uh, about his music (laughs) which Again, though, like, is, is that the equivalent of like a diva? I kind of think that way. Like, I will. Re- I reached out to him. I really, really, really wanted to talk to him because I want to see, like, has he mellowed with age and and taken it like, like Steve is, where it's like, yeah, I love to make music, but it's it, and it's art, but it's not art. oh my god that's such a good way of putting that so i mean like don't you think that some artists like i was having a conversation with a student earlier today um i i had bought um there's an amazing vinyl record store here in vermont um and i often will go into town and grab some stuff for my office and just whatever like la- a couple weeks ago i bought or last week i bought a leonard cohen album a share double album set um from way back um i bought like uh, the most random mix of things and so i'm listening to the share album and i have a student who is 19 i think he's a, he's a second year and he is uh, he adores Cher, adores Cher. So we had a long conversation about Cher and then Dolly Parton's new album and then 
Whitney and then Mariah and the the conversation about divas and their hubris, which brings them down like Mariah is not the diva that she once was or that she thought she was because when you get a reputation for being well i am just so much better like, <laughs> like and you Tara. think about artists that are great like you think about folks like prince prince was a genius yes. he was incredibly shy he was an incredibly introverted human being and yet he was a brilliant music musician a brilliant performance guy uh -huh. But you never heard him saying, oh, well, I'm going to be, I'm the better than anybody. No. Like you, that you never heard about Prince. You never hear that about Dolly Parton. You never, holy crap. And folks, if you're listening, you may not know, I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan. Um, she once gave me an award and we compared, we have the same shoe size and I got to meet her and talk to her and she's amazing. And she is the most genuine human being I've ever met in my life. At for having the most work done, shall we say. <laughs> and she is the first to admit why she's had all that work done. And she loves what she looks like. And shouldn't we all be that confident in ourselves? Mm -hmm. And and her new album, everybody, is pretty impressive. Is the cavalcade of artists that she is working with on this rock star album she's duetting with steve perry Ooh. with steven tyler with she's doing covers of their songs and they're harmonizing with her she got steven perry to come out of song. retirement they did open arms she she sang and he harmonized with her oh the laundry list you have no idea it is insane I have to listen to this, this album my husband and i uh last week He's like, you've got to hear, you've got to hear this song. And and then we listened to the entire album. We haven't done that in 10 years or more, where we just sat and listened to an entire album together. It's a long album, but I highly suggest it. But that's because unlike Terrence and Mariah, um, and I was a huge Mariah fan in her early days. She hit a three and a half octave range. Oh. I mean, God, the woman had could sing mm -hmm. but i think when you then become bigger than your bridges shall we say um and you don't you you expect everybody to cater to your every whim and do like bow down to you and that you are the greatest thing since sliced bread nobody's going to like you anymore no and the whole well she's a diva she deserves it mm. i i mean I don't think even Whitney ever got to that stage, RIP. Mm. Um, and uh, like she, but then again, she got into bad stuff. Yeah. But but you you can't compare. And Terrence, for Terrence to go on that side route, now good for you, but you can't be pissed when it doesn't come out the way you want it to because people don't like what you're doing. And that's, that's everybody's right. Mm -hmm. Like bare, bare naked ladies could come out with another album, and I'm like, oh my god, that's the word. Like, what were they even thinking? And occasionally they have a song that I'm like, mm, not my favorite. <laughs> but the the overall uh, um, mission of the band is still intact. Yeah. The overall sound of the band is still intact. Um, the overall like persona of the band is still intact but when you change your name like even cad stevens like that's the first thing i thought of 
because I love cat scenes. Mm -hmm. I love, love. There are so many songs that I'm like, this is one of our brilliant songwriters mm -hmm. in history. And then when he changed his name and went, you know, did his thing, good for you, but I'm not going to buy an album that is off the wall. Sorry, Although I'm I have to say his tangent. new album is really, really good. Whose album? Cat Stevens. Oh, he's wait, he has a new album? Yeah, he just released one. Oh, I how did I not know that? Probably because I've been in a cave. <laughs> um, ratings. What do you what do you think? What this this I I every time I hear this, because I, I think this is, should be many, how many, many Casio times. keyboards. How many Casio? I, I think of the cat. The Casio keyboard playing cat. It's all I think about every time. Um, I think it's the equivalent of me and my middle school friend hanging out in her bedroom and playing crap on the keyboard. Um, and God, I love them, but eh, you know, it's <laughs> definitely not there in the lexicon of BNL. Amazing. Uh, pieces and I'm sure they would say the same what the fuck were we thinking beep sorry sorry friends we're allowed one we're PG-13 um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I'm going to give this a half a Casio keyboard okay okay and that's the lowest rating I've ever given in the history of this podcast it is it may it may get equal soon. <laughs> we have more Casio coming up in our future. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I mean, I I get the importance of this song. And they're having fun, and it's been a really fun discussion, but I'm not coming back to the song ever again. Um, <laughs> it's not one I'm gonna listen to over and over again. Um I'm gonna give it a two. You are so kind. I am totally the hater this week. Well, I mean, there's only two of us. So. <laughs> just the two of us. No one can argue anything. Just the two of us. In his later album, Terrence actually does an amazing cover of If I Fell by the Beatles. Oh. It makes the mood right. It brings up my spirits. That's um, curious. Yeah. Now that the word is out about the town... Um, I, I should let people know that next week we're bringing back the Casio keyboard and we're going to be speaking about the Beatles and discussing the song Wonderful Christmas Time. Oh, <laughs> we're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Thank you for joining us. And thanks. That was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 